Hello, and welcome to Deep Shit, hosted by Baron Vaughn. If you know the name of the podcast you'd like to hear, press 1 now to choose from a list of popular podcasts. Broad podcasts? Damn it. The character was going so well for that five seconds. Um, hey, it's me, Baron. Welcome to Deep Shit. We're going to get, shit's going to get deep today. Um, my guest is Mr. Sean Patton, um, who is uh, fastly becoming a really close acquaintance in my life. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a good friend. Uh, I always enjoy hanging out with and talking to Sean because he, he pushes me to um, say exactly what it is I need to say. Um, I apparently, when I hang out with comics, have the reputation of them leaving with more material. Like, because they'll say shit, and a lot of the times, a comedian will, because comedians generally are really funny people, and it's when they're not thinking about what they're saying that the funniest stuff comes out. So a lot of times I'll be like, hey, have you said that on stage? That's amazing, right? So people will leave with more material because they had a conversation with me. Sean Patton is one of the few people that I feel that way about. Like when I'm talking to him, suddenly I have to cut it down to the bone of what it is I'm trying to say. And I'm like, oh, damn it, that's good. That's what I should say on stage. Thanks, Sean. Um, I met Sean years ago in New York City. Um, not to be confused with New York town. And uh, he had moved up from New Orleans, I believe. I think he had some time in Los Angeles before then, but um, his past is, is mythologized, you know, like Bruce Banner. So I'm not exactly sure where he came from. He just put his thumb out uh, while that song was playing. You know, Lonely Man. I love that song. Bing, 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 bing. Um, that's my impersonation of a Microsoft search engine singing the Lonely Man song. Bing, 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 bing. All right, that's the second dumbest thing I've ever said. Um, so Sean and I uh, talked the other night, and he's going to talk about sanity slash normalcy because it's a subject that he is wrapped up in like a, like a delicious like delicious hummus and a pita. He is wrapped up in issues of sanity. Um, also, today is October 1st, which means this is the first day and the launch of a brand new podcast network called ATC, or All Things Comedy. So... This is now my brand. I am part of this brand, and perhaps you will like some of the other podcasts on the brand, and you can check it out at allthingscomedy.com. I don't even know if that's the name of the website. I'm just going to make a huge assumption and say allthingscomedy.com. But my podcast is part of it. Um, a couple other podcasts, Bill Burr, um, Many Van Men, Al Madrigal, Mastro Brani, Chris Spencer, Walking the Room, with uh, Greg Barrett and Dave Anthony. It's a collective of independent podcasts that I'm happy to be a part of, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy me if you're coming to me because you saw that I was on this thing, or if you're going to go see other things because you see that I am saying that, or hear, you hear, that you see that I hear, you hear, you, okay, so you, um, okay, wait, so you heard, no, I said, you saw, you heard, you felt it when I said something that you heard, and you see what you felt, like you heard me say it, and then you saw goosebumps, and you were like, ooh, I taste great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but that's part of the definition of it. Um, anyway, I'm glad that this is a thing that I exist on. Um, and I'm just talking about the earth. I'm not talking about the podcast network. I mean, I'm glad that this is a thing that I exist on, like in general. I mean, that's an unrelated thought that I just thought of right now, and I said, all right, I need to swallow. Oh, God. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, okay, good. See, I have my clear braces in right now, and, 
It's just making a freaking avalanche of saliva in my mouth that I need to swallow before I talk, but I didn't want to interrupt myself because I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Anyway, guys, Sean Patton is the guest, and here he is. I see your point, but I also think L.A. has 18 million people in the just the red, you know, like we can share. Yeah, but, but L.A. better learn to share. Your, your, your assumption is that those 18 million people give a shit about something. See, that's what I'm saying. The, the comedy world in L.A. better better fucking multiply because so many comedians live and move here now. And and everyone's it's this is what's alarming to me. And it hurt. It's it fucks with my head. OK, it's how everyone moves here and thinks they're entitled to like some equal part of the pie. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, what? I mean, everyone's here now. It's like, yeah, doesn't that fucking worry you that so many people are here that the right people aren't going to get seen and like the yeah, yeah. The, the, the wrong people? who it, It's going to become less of a meritocracy and more of just like a, a hustleocracy or a hmm. – you know what I mean? Or like yeah, a, but I feel like – I this, hope it does. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it, it becomes more of a meritocracy and you got to be better. Well, what I think is happening mm-hmm. is that Los Angeles comedy – is in a structural and ideological stranglehold, a crossroads. You know what I mean? <laughs> because there has been a Los Angeles comedy kind of thing for a long time. Well, yeah. But now it's kind of died, mainly because the paradigm of you do your act and it will become a sitcom is dead, oh, is sure, long sure, dead. Sure, 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 so, and there's more is. comedians, but there seems to be just as much to go around, but there's more comedians. But there's more opportunities to be self-made, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think it's because there are so many comedians moving here from all the other major comedy scenes from New York and right. Boston and Chicago and you know Texas and Atlanta and well, Austin, Texas in specific and San Francisco and Seattle. So all these people are bringing their do-it-yourself philosophies, right? Just right there where you were like moving here from New York or Chicago or Austin or Portland yeah. or Seattle or Denver or – uh, or Portland. Or Portland. <laughs> or Minneapolis. Yeah. Or you're just like, shit, there really is a lot of places to do comedy. There's a lot of places yeah. to do comedy. There, you, but, but, but New York and New York is the grad school, supposedly, and then L.A. is the uh, graduation. I feel like it. No, dude. I, I just think people choose here ultimately, too, because it's so much nicer. Meaning It's choose, nicer, but this is also where the business is. Nicer. And I don't mean nicer like place to live. I mean nicer in everything about like it's a, it, every, the comics are nicer. New York's a more tougher place. You yes, get, it is. You got to have more of a thick skin and more of like a. You got to be better to yeah. kind of blend in there. Where no, I agree. Yeah, here people are just nice. Yes, and then and there's a friendly. lot of people that have careers because of the, that. There's a lot of people who are. Let's name them. Who are people ju- we hate? There's a lot of people involved. who are just nice, and nobody doesn't. People don't not laugh. Right. <laughs> I mean, people just they 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 laugh because they're nice, as opposed to that's actually funny. Sometimes. Okay, my point is though, Sean. Yeah, that I, I'm not going anywhere. You just acted like I was about to. Get no, up I just want to get. I want to get this point out. <laughs> okay. You were about to go somewhere psychologically. No, no, no I always. I'm already somewhere else. I don't want to get on the patent train to go <laughs> to Seanville right, just right. yet. No, um, I just think that there's more people here, and with the do-it-yourself philosophy, maybe more than there has been mm-hmm, in the past. Mm-hmm. So because of that melting of all these different ideas and different cities and different methods of comedy. L- the Los Angeles method is kind of dying out because there's more people here who develop voices in places that aren't Los Angeles. Damn. 
<laughs> I mean, you're right, though. You're right. I mean, I just, I just, <laughs> so what? Damn. <laughs> I fucking hate you right now. Why? Well, you just, you just became like a. That's what that's that's the uh, the little voiceover in the uh, the R and B song after you after the girl takes off her voice you're like damn then the beat starts back up. <laughs> I wish I just wish one of those songs one of those boys to men who who was who was around at that time who countered boys to men though was there anyone else men to boys no nah, there was no men to boys okay who was. Wait a minute, are you calling out my joke? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Who there else was, was around? There I mean, was boys to men. And I'm talking of that specific, like, that. Like, R&B, like, you know, Well, Well, boys to, men, boys to Men was probably the, they were the most mainstream. There were other groups of a lot of black men, like Blackstreet. Remember them? No diggity, right? But that was after Boys to Men. It what was around it? the same. It was a little after. Uh, Drew Hill. Oh, you know. Ooh, you know who? What? Shy. You remember Shy? Shy. S-H-A-I. Drew Hill. One twelve. Oh, I remember one twelve. Uh, Soul for real. Do you remember Soul for real? I do real? remember Soul for mm-hmm. real. Dude, the nineties were immature. I missed the nineties. Oh, and I don't miss immature. Though. <laughs> but I missed. I like they say there's this Buddhist or maybe it's a Taoist philosophy that when you die, like heaven, oh. is the time of your life you remember being the most like like. The the the, the est- only aesthetically I'm talking here okay. the time that you remember being most fond of for me it would be the 90s okay so that's but, that's on an individual basis yeah, that would be weird if the philosophy basis. heaven is the 90s you'd be like what that would be all right with me man that'd be fucking dope heaven's the 90s music videos would be back <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> nobody's got everybody's got a pager yeah that's nobody's right. got a cell phone everybody's got a pager it's like I just got a page what's it say eight oh oh eight I know what that means boop oh that's what you were doing we were doing no. like I never I didn't have a pager. We did the 304. You didn't have a pager? No. Am no. I that much older than you? No, you had more money. Oh, I had $39 more a month? You did. <laughs> you, you did. You did. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that you were rich. I'm just saying that I was poorer. No, I grew up. I think I... I, I never really thought about that tonight. I guess yeah, I, grew up, I was middle class, upper middle class. What does middle class mean to you? Romney says that the middle class earns uh, $250,000 a year. Not that, no. Okay. No. He just said that the other day. It's actually interesting. I grew up in a, um, uh, in a you know, a, a suburb half an hour north of New Orleans called Slidell, Louisiana. Oh, Slidell, yeah. Slidell. And I grew up in a, uh, like a, like a, it's all private neighborhoods there. You know what I mean? Like you mean gated? No, no, not gated. But like all like, like each neighborhood has like a a code. Like uh, each all the houses have to look like this. And, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. But the, but it wasn't like a rich neighborhood, and there was a country club that in the middle of it. But it wasn't a rich country club. It was a very middle class country club. So it was kind of like a country club. Yeah. Well, it was, it was very country, but it was more like a bar with tennis courts and shit. That's really all it was. But so I learned. I played tennis for years. But really. The, but I learned from like union guys who would be like, Ah, you gotta, you know, you hit the the look, throw it, throw it, throw it up. As soon as it reaches the apex, that's when it stops going up. That's when you hit. All right? That's when you hit. And it's like a sleeveless dude named Renee, sleeveless <laughs> LSU shirt. And he's just like, nah, throw it. When it stops going up, that's when you hit. Oh, I, I love this tennis meme. You see, well, you're going you're gonna to hit it back. You want to hit forearm. Go backhand. Go backhand. Don't just do forearm. Just do forearm. I'm like, it's called a forearm. Well, it's not called a forearm. So they had, New York, they had New York accents? No, they're just, they had union accents. <laughs> All union guys union, talk like this. Union guys do have their own accent. All, you, you get in the union, you talk like this. They give you a card and they give you a dialect to tape. And it was the tugboat union. That's what those guys were. It was all they were all tugboaters. Very know. nice. Yeah. You oh. know what? Uh, there's a character that you do. This the the the, the what Cajun dude mm-hmm. who keeps looking into things and 
Talking about how beautiful they are? No, that there should be a shrimp. A shrimp? A baby shrimp? No. Oh, baby shrimp? No, that was just that was just me. Ri- that was just us riffing at some comedy festival. Because well, okay, baby shrimp now. Because Matt Bronger yeah. made it sound like it was something you had done some other time. It was the funniest thing in the world to him. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it after you're like, "What is that, baby shrimp now?" Like you would look into someone's hat. No, no, you know, no, no. That was one of those things where, <laughs> no, bro, we were at I think it was Bridgetown, and I said, "You better put some shrimp in there." Like put uh, the the character was put some shrimp in it. Punch make, it. That was his catchphrase. Put some shrimp in there. Yeah, but but. If you want to make it spicy and good. Or just want to have fun. like, Or it's a bad uh, situation. Like, oh, the cop beating that man? Put some shrimp in that situation. Oh, you mean like throw some stank on it? Throw some, throw some bull shrimp in there. Everybody's uh, going to be happy. Okay. And, but <laughs> but B- Bronger thought I was saying, ba- like, he thought what you would just say, like baby shrimp in there or something like that. And no, better, better be a shrimp in there. Better be a shrimp in there. And he ran with that. And I was like, once Bronger starts running with something, can't catch him. He's fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's he's what got, I was saying. Dude's got long legs. As I always say, loving him. If loving him means being wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> That's the one that makes him ashamed of my, our friendship when I say that. Bronner? Yeah, I'm just joking. Uh, you could just point out his, uh, trying to think, what, what, what do I know about Bronner? Nah, nah, nah. Nope, I, guess just, got a, yeah, I got a name pun. He's just, he's just good. He's, he's kind of untouchable. Is. He's kind of untouchable. He's I, kept out of the mainstream. You know how all these comedians end up in their, uh, with the paparazzis and... Just all the time, just like this comedian is being funny business. I'm joking. There's never do we a story, there's never a story about comedians. Who media. do we who do we know that's like like who do we know that's going to be the first like dead like Chris Farley like oh is it T J Miller? <laughs> it might. I feel like it might be. Um, I remember once T J. I'd seen T J. and he was he just gotten out of uh, the hospital. This After is back he had in New York. Brain surgery? No, no. Before oh. the brain surgery, um, this was back in New York, right when he had gotten to New York. Because I was shooting some sketch with him and like Jocelyn Hughes and a couple people, and uh, he had just gotten out of the hospital because he had mercury poisoning. And I was like, "What? Why did you get mercury poisoning?" He's like, "Because I thought it'd be funny to eat nothing but sushi for a week." And he wow. ate nothing but sushi for two weeks and then got mercury poisoning. And I'm like, "Who's the bit for?" Nobody was seeing that. And he's nah. like, "And that is the difference between your and my sense of humor." I'm like, "Okay." Oh, I, I'm I'm not gonna die. You actually gotta love that. <laughs> I know. It's that's, a it's a it's a, a commitment. It's a commitment. That's almost a perfect segue. A perfect segue. What do you mean, John? Well, into our topic for today. That's true. When I, I asked over, you, <laughs> I'm taking over your podcast. I know. Now. Well, <laughs> when I when I asked you uh, what it was the life the big life thing that you constantly find yourself struggling with coming back to, yeah, you said, "Well, I'll let you explain it." I said, "Sanity." Mm-hmm. Sanity, which I, which I turned into normalcy. You turned into normalcy. So it's yeah. sanity slash normalcy. But what the hell does that mean to you, sanity? So, um, I, that that is something I still don't know because I still go back. Um, I, I'll break it down. Mm-hmm. I have um, I have obsessive compulsive disorder coupled. Uh, the best friend of obsessive compulsive disorder is uh, anxiety disorder. Okay. So at a very young age, I started having like massive anxiety attacks, which are horrifying when you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and like a lot of people have them and it's like oh it feels like you're having a heart attack it feels like you're dying and hmm. it does it also feels like you're losing your mind it's is it the same as a panic attack is that another same thing, name yeah. okay it, all right yeah right. um it like for me it would feel like i was losing my shit like okay. at any moment i was just gonna like blink and not understand anything around me or words or what anything you know what i'm saying and like yeah uh, and i was just gonna be a crazy asshole and like jump out of a window or like I would be around balconies and convince myself that I was going to jump off of them and be like, no, I'm not going to jump off of them. But 
You're obsessive compulsive. That's how the obsessive compulsive mind works. It gets obsessed with random shit, and then you divide. Then you derive, not derive. That's the wrong word. But you create compu- devise, devise, devise. Thank you. You devise compulsions to combat these things. Hmm. Like, okay, I I won't kill myself as long as uh, every Wednesday, as soon as I wake up, I put like when I put on shoes, I put them on the wrong feet, and then pretend like, oh, those are on the wrong feet. Like I pretend like I just noticed. <laughs> and then put them on the right feet. Yes, I, I can't kill myself today. Yeah, yeah. I got my shoes on the wrong feet. And they're like, oh, but I got to put them on the right feet now. Or like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, I, the world won't end as long as I microwave absolutely nothing for 30 seconds hmm. before I leave the house. Today. So these are things, I'm, I'm assuming these are real life uh, examples. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know they're bullshit. You know they're false. But it's like, it's a thing. But you have to do them. That's what the disorder part is. Um, which okay. is why I've gotten in flat out fucking arguments with people over OCD when they're like, oh, God, you know, I, you know, wash my hands a lot. I'm like, fuck you. Why do you do it to prevent yeah. the killer bees from coming? Or do you just say that at parties because you want to seem affected? See, I've never been diagnosed or everybody's got obsessive about- compulsive. Right. And I, I, I have I happen to have, I guess, a lot of friends who have been diagnosed with OCD and different. Yeah. But they tell me I'm OCD, which I've never claimed. Been like, oh, I wash my hands too much. But when you say what you say, there are certain things. And if you are truly OCD, no one around you would be, ever be able to tell. You, right. You I'm, become an expert at covering it up, which is why shows like mm. like Monk, like people like that don't fucking exist. And if they do, it's not it's it's a larger problem than OCD. You mm. know what I mean? Like it's not, or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's a ver- that's like OCD mixed with Aspergers. So yeah, in yeah. a in a sort of a way. No one who truly has it is openly willing to like. Be like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, even there are certain comedian friends of ours who, like, do weird shit, and people are like, what do you think that is? I'm like, that's just weird shit that they do. Huh. But my point here is, yeah. all of my life, mm-hmm. all of my fucking oh, life, my life. <laughs> sanity Casey has been- and JoJo, that's another one. What were they first, though? No, it doesn't matter. Continue. Jodeci. All right, anyway. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> Jodeci. Jesus Christ, go ahead. Bam. Um, all my life, sanity has been something I've spent a ton of time thinking about. Mm-hmm. And what are, you, what are you thinking about when you think about it? How to stay sane or what being sane or yeah, what but, does sane mean or but, what does it actually mean to be sane? I would assume, though, that you have every now and then, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you pick a definition. You, you pick something like, okay, sanity right now is this, and you aspire to that until you figure out, like, okay, I was wrong about that. Maybe it's this because it's all trial and error in a sort of a way. Even if you decide what sanity is, which I think a lot of people – Spend a lot of their lives having to having decided what it means to be sane or to be normal and yeah. aspiring to those things. And sometimes when you get there, you're like, "Oh, I don't feel any different now that I have now that everything's in line and in place as I thought it should be." Sure, I don't feel any better or any different before. So I'm asking, mm-hmm. what are some past definitions? If if this is an applicable question, right. what are some past definitions of what you believe? Sanity was for you, and then when you got there, you were like, "Okay, now maybe it's this instead." Well, uh, it, the the past, there haven't been definitions. There's really just been one, and it's always like, um, I guess it kind of goes back to your little uh, amendment to my normal. It's like I just gotta feel and be normal, but mm. then you realize, "Fuck, what's the definition of normal?" Right, there isn't one, and then you start to realize, you know what? I'm not normal, and I'm, I'm making quotation marks now because. I'm a fucking strange guy, you know. That's 
I'm not going to say weird guy. I'm going to say I'm a different guy. And then, then there's that. Then it's like, what's the definition of strange? And what's the definition of weird? And believe me, one of my biggest fuck yous that I hate when people do mm-hmm. is when they point out how weird they are. I'm yeah. like, if you were truly weird, you would not know it. Certain people are weird, and it's like they don't they – ne- like you never hear Brent Weinbach go, I'm so weird. I'm such a weird guy. That you know what, and that's and I've, I've totally you know? said like that's why that's what makes him a genuine odd person. Exactly because he does not see it as odd. That's anybody behavior out there. at all. Anybody out there, and it's but 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 right? I think there's another side to that though. I do know people who point out that they're weird when they're not doing anything that's weird. Exactly. But they're so self-conscious because other people, I assume, have said, yeah. you're being weird. And they're like, oh, I guess I'm weird. Like, that was never something that they assigned to themselves. Right, right. But that had been assigned to them so much that now they have to, they feel they need to disclaim it. I've seen people do stuff that's, like, really normal. And they're like, I'm sorry, I'm being weird. I'm like, you're not being weird at all. What are you talking about? You're just, you know, washing your hands. I hate that. I can't stand that fucking shit. Like, but they're dude, so self-conscious it's, it's about, about it. About to get weird. I'm like, all right, how weird is going to get? Oh my god! You, yeah, but that's that's like you a ate pride. an open face sandwich. That's a pride of that's like a like a like a weird. It's like a like weird. It's like this idea that they are going to be something extra special or I, something. I, like I remember, I opened for this, and I, 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 the guy, if he ever hears this, he'll know who he is. But I opened for this hypnotist. Uh Uh-oh, that narrows it down. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> Not a lot of hypnotists listen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, years back, I opened for him, and his big thing was like, <laughs> "All right, audience, it's about to get, don't it's about to get weird in here." Right, and then the cue was like the lights would go down, some like pop punk song would come on, mm-hmm. and then there'd be smoke, and then the lights would come back up, and he'd be like, "Can I get some volunteers?" And I'm like, "That's weird to you." <laughs> <laughs> where, where, when did, where was the weird fact? Like, it's about to get weird. Some Blink-182 and some smoke. <laughs> and, but I feel like whenever, yeah, anyway, whenever people point out how weird they are, it's mm-hmm. like, because you're not. Well, it's a, but it's a mental trick. But also, like, believe you me, like, I can identify what weird is. But then again, weird only juxtaposed with what you've been taught. Like, yes. this is normal. Yeah. So th- what you're doing is weird. And it's like, then you start to think... Is that is what I go through really weird? Is it, or is it just what I go through? I think that the, the new weird, mm-hmm. because weird is a very overused word, but I think right now a word is interesting. I hear that word a lot. What do you think of that? It was interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, how was your day? Interesting. It's interesting. like you yeah. don't have anything else to say. It was interesting. But you're not going to explain what it was interesting about it. Right, right, right. And then when they tell me, it's like, that is not interesting. That is not interesting. It's weird, but not interesting. No, well, I don't say but, that. But it's, it's weird. You're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I just, but, I, but, but that's something I've struggled, struggled with. with forever. It's okay. like staying sane because I'll have my times where it's like I fe- fucking feel strange. I feel like I'll, you know, you have, because th- here's a, another fun OCD thing. Everyone has strange, bizarre, twisted thoughts, all right? right, right. Your average mind is just going to let them go immediately. It's just going to be like, pass through the thing. Yeah. Not obsessive-compulsive people, no way. You fucking hang on to that thought, you dissect it, you wear it like a shroud, mm. you, 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 all, you write a one-man show about it, you, <laughs> you, you dance, you make a song in your head about it, you break it down, you recast the sentence. Other, okay. You know, like... You, you diagram it. You diagram it, you fucking... <laughs> You build you build an entire universe around it, and hmm. then destroy that universe, and you really dissect these strange thoughts because that's you know, and it's in the title: obsessive compulsive disorder. It's the rabbit hole. So it's like, yeah, the rabbit hole. You follow it. You, my my best friend used to always uh, say, 
when you're high, because for him, my mental state is like being a, a, a normal person being high. Mm-hmm. I've talked to him like about what I'm like, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's like being stoned. I'm like, yeah, I've been stoned. He's like, yeah, but you've been when you're stoned, you're crying in a corner. Like your average person gets high, and they're just like you are now. And I'm like, really? I guess you're right. But he was like, when you're high, think about what, where, fine, but never think about the why, because mm. the why is when you down the rabbit hole. So like, what's that? It's a coffee table. Why? Because you need to put stuff on it. Why? Or no, I'm sorry. What's that? A coffee table. Where is it? In front of a couch. Why? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just Rabbit silence. Hole. Why? Oh. Rabbit hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the why is now it's a question that doesn't even apply to a coffee or tables. Or couch or where are you? You know, it's just. Yeah, interesting. So it's like sanity. See, I said it. Interesting. Interesting. Exactly. But sanity's just been something I have struggled, especially, and I'll, and I'll bring him up because we sort of talked about this the other night. We have a friend, a mutual friend, and and, and whatever, I'll say his name. He He, he wouldn't mind. Uh, do you think? What do you think? I don't know who you're going to say. We, we talked about him the other night. Our comedian friend back in New York who has the issues. The, the issues with me? The episodes that he's gone through. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, the short the short. Oh, sp- yes, 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 yes. Well, we're not going to say anything disparaging, I assume. No, no. Because we both genuinely like this guy. Yeah, love the guy. Okay. Love him. Um, but uh, our buddy uh, uh, back in New York, we, we won't say his name. He has uh, mani- mania. Yeah. So he's had occasional ma- manic episodes where yes. he thinks he's Jesus or he thinks he's a savior. And he's, when he's medicated, he's fine. Right. Right? But then that's the part – isn't that part of it, though, when you get medicated? You're like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need this medication. Well, even when he's medicated and and I'm once again making my quotations here, normal, mm-hmm. he's still an extreme personality yes, and a handful is. and he can be annoying, but he's a buddy. Unless you know him. Unless you know him. Right, right. And he's a fun dude and he's a funny guy. But he had a, man- a manic episode a few years back. And half the comedy community has turned their back on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that really pisses me off yeah. to this day when people are like, oh, he's a fucking lunatic. It's like, he's okay. He's not. He has his thing. He has his cross to bear. He has an issue. He got over it. It'll happen. Will it happen again? Who knows? But he'll get over it. He'll be fine. He's not a bad person. Right, right. Even when he was at his worst, when he's in the fucking throes of a manic episode, mm-hmm. he's still a good dude. He, he's yeah. just annoying. The, 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 you know? the, the thing is... You said it. He's not a bad person. No, you know at the core, he means no harm, right, or ill will on anybody, right, right. And and even when he was, even when he thought he was the savior, mm-hmm. and he was crazy. If was anything, of, that means that right. he 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 has goodwill for right. People. When he was out of his mind, all he would do was cry a lot and be like, ask for money and walk up to strangers and give them hugs, right. Yet because he has episodes, people mm-hmm. will label him as insane. Right, right, and they want right. to stay away from him. And, and, stay, and it's like, but he's not. Because it's unknown. It's unpredictable. Exactly. But I grew up with a guy, and I'll say this dude's name because you can look him up. His name's Aaron Bice. I grew up with this dude. Uh, he was a fucking sweet dude, great mm-hmm. dude, just a fun-loving, friendly guy all throughout high school. He stayed in the Slidell, southeastern Louisiana region, you know, yeah. a laborer. But, like, I, I'm not exactly – oh, he built boats. He was a boat builder. Had some kids, you know, had a girlfriend, you know, got divorced, but still was a good guy, mm-hmm. you know, and like I didn't really keep up with them. But two months ago, in a fit of rage at a gas station, Uh-oh. walked to his car, grabbed a revolver, shot a man point blank in his fucking head in front of his kid and is now in jail. Right. And it's like best laid plans of bison men. Exactly. <laughs> but like that sort of. <laughs> No, 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 no. 
Let's let's sh- guys. <laughs> moment of silence for Baron's pun. Okay. Okay. So, good. All right. So, but like that's the thing. Like, but no one would ever label him as insane because they would just say, "Oh, he just man, he was a good guy. He just had a bad day." And it's like, no, no, that what he did was insane. But yeah, it, even yeah. if he, you know what I mean, like, so there's the difference. It's like, well, but that's also like then then you get into the legalities. Like what what is legally and criminally insane is a is a whole different. I know. There you go. There's a whole another whole different thing. Exactly. Do, do not believe what you've seen on Law and Order. It is much more complicated. I, I mean, and, he, and here's what's super fucked up is like his th- that dude's dad is reaching out to all his buddies mm-hmm. on Facebook, yeah. being like, "Hey, you know, with Aaron's case, help us out. You know, money or whatever." And it, me, I'm like, "Can't do it, man." He fucking murdered someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know I grew up with the guy, but that doesn't mean shit right now. I mean, he murdered someone. He murdered someone, yes. It's not like it was a mistake. It's not like it was an accident. It's not like wrong place, wrong time. He had to consciously walk away from the argument, get into his car, grab a gun, walk back across a parking lot, put a gun to a motherfucker's head, and shoot twice in front of a dude's kid. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, I don't think death penalty, but something. Like, if this guy goes to jail for life, it's like, well, that's he shot a motherfucker point blank. Yeah, yeah. You know, you remind me of— uh, However, real quick. Go ahead. If I got a call tomorrow saying our friend in New York uh, was having a manic episode and needed some sort of help, I'd do whatever the fuck I could. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's But he's insane. Why are you going to go deal with an insane guy in See, New York? It's, it's, it's like, no, he's not. He's just— There was a guy I went to theater school with. Who, you know those fucking thespians. Who is apparently, he's in jail right now, I believe. Yeah. I haven't followed it for a while for murder, again. Um, and basically what happened was that... <laughs> exactly. You had, you had to, what happened was... You had to fucking fat Albert it up. And you know bit. what? Here's the thing. It, 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 is, it has become... <laughs> yeah, what happened was... Well, it has become this mythologized thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially amongst the people in my class that knew him, Mm -hmm. because I remember once upon a time when I lived in Queens, coming home from a long day of comedying, comedying so hard. And my roommate was like, hey, CBS stopped by. I'm like, what? (laughs) CBS came for me. I didn't even think to be like. A guy showed up from CBS but at meant, my apartment. He meant in Queens. to say CBS, and they were just dropping off a prescription. <laughs> no, <laughs> hey, no, it was CBS, yeah. but it was um, sixty minutes. Ooh. A guy from sixty minutes oh. who wanted to do a story on my friend. Oh, because uh, Primetime Live did a story on him, which was like maybe thirteen, fifteen minutes, and he was like, "I want to do an hour special." Who did he murder? Well, it's just because of what what happened, and oh, okay. it was like. It's what happened and the way that it happened, and it was like I remember because I got a call from this friend of mine who I at who dated this guy right at some point and was still friends with him, mm-hmm. and she was like, "This thing happened. It's going to be all over the newspapers tomorrow." I'm like, "What?" The next day, New York Post, New York Times headlines, 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 and they crucified him in the press. Yeah. Right? He's a Latino guy from the Bronx, so it was like already I was like, Ugh. it was it was just. The way they went after him, like they, you know, they say like, oh, he was found guilty in the press before actual court. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. totally what happened. Right. And it was unclear as to the pieces of it. It was like he was dating this girl, right? Right. These are the pieces of it. And I might be totally wrong. And I apologize to anyone that's listening that knows what I'm talking about. Edit that part out. Edit that part out later. Just so he was dating this girl, right? Right. Um, who he may or may not have become a little obsessed with. Right. 
And we definitely got pregnant. Am I okay? Sorry, no. Sorry. <laughs> she lived with her boyfriend from the Midwest, or her ex-boyfriend from the Midwest. It was unclear whether or not they were together or not, but she had started dating my friend. But she was a stripper or something. And anyway, long story short, they found her decapitated. Oh, shit. Kind of half decapitated um, with like fang- like bloody fingerprints on the wall. And of course, her roommate slash ex-boyfriend was the first subse- suspect. But then my friend became the main suspect because he called her cell phone a lot. And then right after the murder, no more calls. Then there was like apparently a security camera that saw him in her neighborhood, like right around the time of the, mer- of the murder, uh, even though he was supposed to have been someone else. And then the biggest thing was, oh, he wrote about it in his journal, which supposedly was song lyrics. Oh, Jesus. But then it was like they called him all these like wannabe actor, wannabe musician and all this stuff. Like they were really going after him, his personality. And ultimately to me, because I stopped following it, but – what the biggest surprise to me was how quickly everyone in our class turned their back on him. Right. Especially right. the people that were the closest to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to reserve any judgment until I knew more about what was happening. I knew more about the evidence. I knew more about the blah, 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 right. which I never personally followed up to. Then, of course, I made it about me where I was like, if I was a better friend, <laughs> perhaps blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know. <laughs> then, um, of course, I made it about me. That's yeah. the name of your next album. Then, of course, I made it about me. <laughs> um, but it was just surprising to me, like, the people that were just like, oh. <laughs> because there was one girl in my class who said something I thought was really interesting that if they – she said, if they are saying that this murder was premeditated, I do not believe it. Oh, but yeah. if they're saying it was a crime of passion, sure, sure. then totally. Yeah. She's like, if he, like, quote, unquote, snapped. Actors, passionate people, yeah. Because that was – the kind of person, because she had an experience with him in college that was like, yeah, he's capable of maybe doing something like this, but not in a way where he's going to plan it out and write about it and you know make an escape route and shit and right. try to cover it up. She's like, if it was a crime of passion, perhaps. Like if he was just like, I got to save this girl or something. From her, from her, I got to save this girl from life. Well, I think that was supposedly part of it, that he believed he was releasing her from sin or something. But I don't. Again, I don't yeah. know, and I've I've decided that I want to keep him in my brain as the person I know him as. Right, right. Even though he may or may not have murdered a person, mm-hmm. um, I like to remember who he was to me. So he still hasn't been proven guilty in a court of law. You know, he's I, I, like been waiting trial for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I never I never followed up on it. I just kind of just let it go in a sort of a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, why but, did I bring but, that up again? But because that guy, probably your experience, you knew him, was a normal, fun-loving, yeah. sane gentleman. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it, that's, that's yeah, there you go. That's, but it's like, you know, another friend of mine wrote this play once, and uh, it was about his uh, little brother trying to commit suicide. And um, there was this thing in it, and you kind of reminded me of this. I never forgot this line, because I always loved it, in which the play is that he goes back home for the holidays to hang out with his family after his brother's suicide attempt and try to reconnect with him even though they're kind of estranged. Sure, sure. And there's this one point where his little brother says to him, what's your equation? And he puts it to him and he's like, everyone has an equation. If X, kill self. Right. Right? And he's like, well, what's X for you? And that was the the scene. Everybody kind of has that thing, maybe. And a lot of that times you're conscious of it. You to suicide? I mean, that was one of the big acting notes. Yeah. Any person is capable of any 
under the right circumstances, any person is capable of any action on any given Sunday. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Which yeah. is true. Yeah. Luckily, a lot of us never get to that place. But at the same time, it's like... But we've all seen the movie. But we've all seen that movie. <laughs> and we've all seen ourselves in that movie. Any given Sunday specifically. I've had, those, <laughs> I've had those good old murder fantasies of certain mm-hmm. people that have pissed me off in my family. I, oh, Really? Yeah, that was a little too specific. Yeah, but, that was uh, uh, <laughs> wow. I might be. I might be. This might be one of those like eh, just a month before he did a podcast about sanity. Then Baron Vaughn. No, no, no. I drove never. his car into <laughs> the upright citizens brigade. Um, no, I mean, but like you know, you get angry at somebody, and and uh, I maybe myself, I get angry at someone, and it's been such a long-lasting, consistent rage. That I don't see it ending. I mean, I've gotten to the point where it's like I just accept that that's how I feel about this person. But, you know, when I was younger and I felt tortured or tormented by this person, it was like, I want them dead. But I know that killing somebody would never do anything to anybody for anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I never never had the the killing someone fantasies. I always had the just like public humiliation no. Me saving their life. And I, I get to like, some rageful fucking places. You go, yeah, you do. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you right now. Put that thing away, man. What but, thing? <laughs> but that. But this is what I go. This is another thing we were talking about the other night that yeah. has to do with the sanity, sanity, normalcy thing. Yeah, is like I, you know, uh, comedian. We know a lot of comedians because we do comedy. Yes, and I just outside of just out, just outside of comedy, like actors and musicians that we know as well. A lot of mm-hmm. people, I feel like, in the artistic world try and present themselves as having like normal they're normal outside of what they do they have a house they have a child even yeah they have a relationship they have a car and it's like i don't believe it i don't buy it for a second like <laughs> just just like i and there's certain people i know who it's like we're comedians we'll be at parties and i'll say something fucked up on purpose just because it's like it's in your head these are the people i can say the fucked up thoughts to out loud right right and they're like whoa come on now and i'm like whoa come on what get the fuck out of here who are you what do you do for a living Oh, because you, they're trying to be normal. Because at that you're point? trying to be normal now, and what you think is normal. Like, I guess also part of it is you're taught so much from your upbringing to not to have, especially Southern Catholic upbringing. Right. Like my parents weren't Catholic, but they put me into a Catholic system. Like, I mean, they were they were Catholic. They weren't religious, I should say. Okay. But they put me into a Catholic system. I went, Catholic school. Went to a Catholic school for middle school, and then a, a public high school, but. Um, but you were indoctrinated with those certain. Oh, dude, Catholic guilt. People are talking about Jewish guilt. Fuck it. It's got nothing on Catholic guilt. Catholic mm. guilt is fucking awful because Jewish gu- Jewish guilt at least doesn't extend into like the the sexual personal. You know. Yeah. If you think it, you did it. Isn't that the, the basically the uh, dude? I mean, like the premise of Catholic guilt. Like I can't even begin to describe. I can, but I mean, like the feeling I had for the entire day after I lost my virginity. Oh, and like, not even being a practicing practicing Catholic anymore. Just having that like those that shit ingrained in your head from child. It's something wow. you had to get over. Where you're just like, oh my god, what have I done wrong? It's like nothing, but you're taught to think that way. Yeah, you know? but you're so you're, you're taught from such a young age to not embrace these the these oddities. And again, I'm making my quotation marks here. And I hate that. I really fucking hate that because I, because it's not healthy. It's not healthy to – I don't think it's healthy to keep all that shit inside and be like, well, these are just things I deal with because I'm a fucking, again, quotes, weirdo or that's odd. Well, and, and I hate that it extends into like even our community where it's like we're fucked up. We're, it's a, we're a bunch yeah. of fucking clowns. We're, we're, we are – like if you really don't 
if you haven't seen one of the dozens, even hundreds at this point, documentary sort of things that reveal the, the mindset of a comedian. Right. It's like, we're fucked up people. Let's just be fucked up people. And that's the thing. Are we fucked up? Yeah, see, that's Are my... We? And that's my thing. You know? That's my thing because it's like... I, I mean, I, you're fucked up, but are we? But you see, but you see how you immediately go on the defensive <laughs> because you've been because you're like, I'm not though, I'm not though, because in your head you're not. You got a Kango on, you got a nice car outside, <laughs> I got a cup of coffee, you got a cup of coffee, got a nice got, job on got, television. I'm wearing clear braces. Right, you're a normal guy, but you're not a normal guy. I've seen you cry. Well, here's the thing: you have never seen me cry. <laughs> I, you've never seen me cry because I can't, because it's re- that's a hard it's hard for me. You never seen me cry because you're not a director, Sean. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, because I I'm I'm um people either lead with their their intellect or their emotionality, right? Right. Um. Well, those those, those are the three things, right? Intellect, emotionality, physicality. Right. So one of you know it's at any given moment where we're some combination of percentages. Of those things, it's like I'm ten percent intellectual, blah blah blah. You know, it's not we're conscious of it, but some people are lead with their head, some people lead with their heart, some people lead with their pelvis. You know what I'm saying? The crotch. Mm-hmm. I do Scorpio. Yeah, lead with the crotch. Oh, is that, is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, Scorpio. Oh. Scorpio is ruled by the genitals, and I'm Sagittarius. Oh, we're on the cusp of each other. I don't even know what that means. That means you're you're. It's like if you two, if we were in a relationship, yeah, you would. I would let you think that you were the intelligent one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sign again? Scorpio. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember if I, if I... undermining. I look. I don't. I don't truly believe any of that shit. But I love it. I fucking love it. I love the zodiac. Well, because why? It because is... it gives you permission. It gives you permission. You're like, that's right. I'm a Scorpio. That's no, what no. it is. Well, no, I'm if, not. I'm if, not crazy. Dude, I'm a Scorpio. If I were a Scorpio, I'd be like the a super. Scorpios are villains, basically. Hmm. But like the sexy, like. Villain that you want to bone before you kill. Every time you enter a room, I do usually think dun dun dun. So that's kind yeah. of makes kind of <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Really? <laughs> Sean Patton's here. Dun dun dun. That's flattering. I'd rather dun 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 than nothing. That's oh. why you look like you do look like a, when you have your mustache. You do look, kind of look like a like a vaudevillian villain. A vaudevillian. Yeah, vaudevillian. Yeah, <laughs> Does that make well, any sense? Makes, what the dick was I talking about? Hey, makes total sense. Yeah, sure. You were talking about you normal something. Right. I said something on stage the other day that um, it's an old joke that I never just said it out loud before. And I was like, why didn't I ever say it out loud? It's the assumption that comedians are fucked up, right? That like, oh, you guys are so damaged and weird wanting to make fucking strangers laugh. Yeah. How strange and weird that you want to bring joy to those who can't bring joy to themselves. How you weirdo. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and make copies for 30 years in a room silent <laughs> like a normal person until how, I die. How strange that you would expose your own flaws in the hopes that others will laugh at them realizing they're flawed too and that we are all just people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's that. See, and I don't believe that comedians are any more or less fucked up than anybody. <laughs> I just think that we're more aware of it. And I think yeah. the awareness of it become, kind of becomes compulsive. But there's the other thing. Are we fuck, awareness of being fucked up or just awareness that we're people? Ye- well, I yeah. think it's a little of both. Some people have the awareness that they're people. Yeah. And some people glorify and deify their yeah. damage. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. They, they rejoice and relish in the damage, mm-hmm. which gives them permission to wreak havoc on those around them like a disclaimer. You know, like, I told right. you I was fucked up. Right. Fucked up stuff is going to happen. It's like, well, why don't you learn from your mistakes and become someone better? But I'm, instead, it's like, no, I'm this, and I'm right. going to be that. But I think that artists in general, since we're so, 
everything's observation and we're constantly taking in the stimulus of how people behave and um, reinterpreting it and communicating it. Right. A lot of the times when you see certain patterns over and over again, then you're like, oh, that's just something people do over and over again. Are we doing that because that's human nature or are we machines? But, but it makes you – I'll speak for myself. It makes me self-conscious of certain behaviors because right. it's like if I can identify it, then, it's a, then it looks like a skin. Sure. It's no longer just a, a feeling or 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 being. It's a it's a coat that you're wearing. Right. Your personality is a coat, and I'm like, if every personality is a coat, I can wear as many or as few of them as I want. Right. And then I'm like, well, and I don't. And maybe I'm wearing a coat, and I don't fucking know. But it makes me more conscious of when I'm more conscious of how people are. I feel less like a person because I can't just be. Do you do, do you, you dig what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. It's my favorite quote. The Seagull, Anton Chekhov play. Let's get theater faggy here real quick. Sure, sure. There's this writer. You said it. it. I know. There's this writer character in it named Tregorin, who's this old writer, right? And there's a scene where he's kind of basically seducing this young actress who's into him because he's got success and wisdom, blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. Um, I know the feeling. Younger women always think older men with damage are charming. But (laughs) but women their own age are like, I'm fucking done with this. Right, right, right. right. Um, So... The perfect thing that he says, because the whole play, he's always observing and like taking notes in his notebook. And that, when I started doing comedy, I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I'm doing what that guy does in that play, right? And he says, essentially, I see a, something like I'm going to paraphrase. I see a cloud, looks like an old man's beer. I make a note. I see a tree, it reminds me of one from my childhood. I make a note, could be a story. He's like, I'm a cannibal, consuming my own life, right? Wow. That's my one of my favorite quotes. That is good because you can't. It's like. When you're when you spend so much time reinterpreting and recommunicating existence, sure, it's hard to just exist. Yeah, you dig. What I'm, you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, this is this is the kind of shit I want to talk about on stage, but I can't talk about it in joke form. It's just talk at, talk at, talk at. Good night. Yeah. No laughs, but a lot of people going, huh? And that's not what I want. I, I'm not even. Li- you may think I'm being sarcastic right now, but that that was like that hit me hard. That was a good quote. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a. Chekhov? Yeah. I'm going to read some Chekhov. Anton. Anton Chekhov. That's one of the ones I always come back to because I used to say that in theater school. It's like everyone was so damn... Holy shit, that's a good quote. Yeah, it was like everyone was so damn obsessed with like... No one was living. It always felt like we were we were so we were reinterpreting these characters and justifying the behavior of a person on a page. But our own lives, we weren't living them because we were so busy living the lives of all these different people that someone wrote 100 years ago. Which is the craft right, right, of acting. Right, right, That's right. what an actor does is tries on existences. If you guys could see Baron right now, he's there's a spotlight on him. <laughs> he's, on a, he's on his own little personal stage here in the studio. No, but you're yeah. right. I mean, but that's but that doesn't just go to actors. That's Comics, right? I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. I think it's most artists. Jesus, it's a great quote. And that's what we're so we're so damn sensitive because we're seeing the same patterns and behaviors. Over and over and over again. And to me, it's almost kind of like, basically, I look at life like a horror movie. I see people... You're afraid of it? I, no, I see people doing no. the same behaviors, and I know where it's going. Right. Everyone is constantly doing the emotional equivalent of, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go check to see what that sound was. Yeah. And I'm over here going, don't go in there! 
Oh yeah, yeah. Don't go in there, girl. And if it if it is a horror movie, it's like Saw, where it's like you're doing it to yourself. You can get out of that, and that and that's what I see. You just it, gotta, that's why I get judgmental for, of certain people because I see them doing this pattern that I've seen eight million times. Right. But they're doing it like it's, it's never happened before. Right. And I see, I know what's going to happen. Then it happens. I'm like, oh shit! I told you not to go in there. Damn. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I want you. We should. You want to be the guys who go to like. Like shitty rom coms where it's like the same thing, but we treat it like a horror movie. Like, <laughs> oh, you gotta go back in there and get her, girl. You gotta go back in there and say you sorry, man. Do it in a farcical, do it in a farcical way where it's funny too. Don't go in there, girl. You're gonna hear a sentence out of context that specifically connects to your insecurity, and you're not gonna listen to him when he tries to explain himself later. Oh shit, second act. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Man, Uh-oh. your penis ain't that small. I don't think that's ever been in a romantic comedy. <laughs> um, Where's that romantic comedy about the guy with the smallest penis in the world? But like everything else. In, uh, I don't know. I'm still writing it right now. <laughs> I'm still... I almost had this. Uh, I just was about to say I wanted to see a romantic comedy about this idea I had for a bit, basically, which is that people with STDs in a weird way, I think, are the only ones that experience true love. Why? Because they're willing to get the STD from each other? Or Yeah. Because if someone cares, if they know that you have this STD yeah. and they still care about you, that means that they fucking care about you. This, it's, it almost feels less shallow. My, uh, That's just a theory I got. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'll hit you with this real quick. I mean, quick. it's the best laid plans of um, bison men. A, a, a buddy of mine, another guy I grew up with, he, uh, a girl he dated forever. He still, I mean, they're still together. Um, they didn't get married, but they had like a we're together life ceremony type mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. But basically, none of us knew this. Years earlier, like, she was like, hey, I have herpes. Mm-hmm. And he was like, don't give a shit. I love you. I'll get it. Give it to me. Right. Um, and that's beautiful. Problem was, he decided to expound on this at this, like, <laughs> ceremony. We were all oh, <laughs> we were like, wow. hey, that's beautiful. But That was his, like, speech at the reception? <laughs> yeah, and she was cool with it. And there was only, like, 40 of us there. I mean, that's a lot when you, I guess. Most people are like, that's beautiful, and I'm also happy that, that I No, everyone had this similar, like, oh, like a, like a, oh, at the same time. And she was just kind of there. But it was like, damn, like, that's beautiful. But it's also probably not the best thing to say aloud. But then again, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, it is. Because why not? It goes back to the normal thing. You know what I mean? Like, what is normal? Why can't someone with her be, be normal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, and I, I and um, it is normal. I have a lot of friends, and I've had people tell me, you know, they have herpes or something like that. Yeah, there was a girl I almost dated who told me she had herpes, and my first instinct was gross, and then my second instinct was like, you know what? You don't deserve love now. Exactly, because you have herpes. You're exactly. fucking. You don't deserve to be loved or cared for, or mm-hmm. fucked. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know, um, I'm so not going to do it. So you, so you hit it. No, so you it hit it. It, no, it didn't end up working out because uh, for a, a different for different reasons. But I was I was kind of there. I was there. Yeah, for, I yeah. was there psychologically at least. It never happened, but do still. I, do I know this girl? No, you don't. Okay, damn. <laughs> that's like, but no, like the, this yeah. guy, I just want to put a check mark on her name on my phone. Do I know this girl? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, that's that's but that you know that that, that, that that's again with the same thing where it's mm-hmm. like. Uh, I wish there was just a day, once yeah. a year, where like you know we we already have so many bullshit holidays, you know, like mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo or a, uh, which is my least favorite, or St. Patrick's Day, two of my least favorite days of the year. Where it's like, oh, just blow everyone, blow off responsibility, get wasted. That's it. That's, yeah. all, that's all. But 
just a day, don't even name it, just a day where it's like walk outside and the weirdest fucking thing you got in your head, just do it, open it up, say it, hmm. wear it, fuck it, whatever. Just everyone is allowed to be what they perceive as weird. No, we're not going to name this day. Not a, we're not going to name it weird day or strange day because the moment you name something like that, it becomes a thing to do. When it's like, oh, what are you doing for weird day? I don't know. What are you doing? I'm going to be a sexy, I'm going to be a sexy, disturbed image about my mother. Me too. But like, hmm. no, like just the key. Ev- the key would be it being a different day every year. Yeah, exactly. It's never in, always in February or yeah, exactly. Just and everyone gets the text and it's by text only. <laughs> everyone gets the text a week beforehand, like weird day next week. But just. Just do it. Just get it the fuck out. So that way, after a few years of this, people start to realize, like, hey, we're all fucked up. Like, let's not. You want to hear another? This is another theatery thing that you might like. Another theater thing? Well, let me say this. Okay. Because my definition of sanity, I believe, I, th- I think that ultimately the definition of sanity is just being, like, in control of yourself. Yes. And your actions and your thoughts and being able to have those moments of rage but being able to control them. For the greater good. Yes. For for right? Am I right here? I think I'm right. Yeah, for yeah. For sanity, yeah. like okay, I want to fucking murder someone, but it's wrong. Shouldn't do it. Um, ah, I'm. Oh my god, I I think I'm a failure, but I'm not. You know, you know, being able to control these thoughts and these feelings, I feel like that would be facilitated more if we weren't all kind of taught to bottle up our strangeness. I totally believe repression it, yeah. leads to perversion. Mm-hmm. It's like. If That's you, your third album title. Repression leads to perversion. <laughs> if you have urges and feelings that you just make yourself deny, yeah, yeah. whether it's – and even convince yourself you don't feel, right? it's going to come out in a re- more and more fucked up yeah, the more yeah, and more yeah. you leave it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a gym. Like your head's like a gym where your fucked up thoughts and <laughs> things like work they're just, out. They're just they're working getting, out. They're locked in prison. Right, right, they're right. Getting, they're getting bigger. And they're and they getting, they getting, getting fucked with by other thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they get oh, shanked at by other thoughts. That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fucking great. And, and then, then when you let them out, they're they, they just bad. They're fucked they up. Like I gotta put you back in jail. They're bad. Yeah, we let you mm. out for temporary probation, and then they hang themselves because no. they were working at that grocery store. Right now, you got a dead thought in your head, and then one like goes to San Juan Taneo. Yeah, they go off. You, you let it out, going all right. You just stay in the perimeter of here in my friends in this state of. I'm saying it now, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, that thought's gone out and and in the same sense, robbed five people. There are a lot of thoughts that are wrongfully imprisoned. Yeah, you're they right. don't belong in there. Mm-hmm. But you found them unsavory who's, for right, some reason. Just, whose bit is this? Who are we gonna? Whose bit is this? Are we gonna share it? <sighs> we gotta share it. We're gonna do different versions. We're gonna write this differently. There's only been one time I've ever <laughs> wrote a joke that was similar to somebody. Well, actually, it was Roger Hales. We would talk about something. Yeah. I had this idea where I said. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but we, we wrote the joke together, even though it's not that good of a joke. And I was like, okay, you do it in New York, I'll do it on the road. Essentially, the joke is a lot of people think that the Jews killed Jesus. I do not think that's true, but boy, you should have saw what they did to Zeus. Stupid. Stupid. I don't even get it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Jews killed Jesus, no, but they killed Zeus. That that's the, the oh I, I see I yes. see okay stupid again but at a but at like a history professor conference <laughs> murder murder um that is a good bit um shit I don't know it's it's very Sean Patton is it I think it's be, I, I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing on stage Sean so why don't you go ahead and uh, I'm gonna <laughs> use the I'm gonna use the horror movie thing that I said all right the horror movie thing's great I was like ooh this might be good thank God this is on tape um. Hey, you take the horror movie thing. I'll take the working out in your head thing. 
shit, that work. Yeah, because it's, ah, oh, damn it. It's so good. It's you. <laughs> All right. Some of them are wrongfully imprisoned. Don't forget to use that part. That, every, uh, that bit becomes something everyone will know. Baron Vaughn co-written by. Yeah, if anyone who's <laughs> listening to it, you know what? I'm not going to take any. I've had people give me lines. I'm like, that's fucking great. I'm taking it. Thank you. Um, okay, here's, a, here's this theater faggy thing, another theater faggy thing. Mm. There's a man, his name is Antonin Artaud, right? Great name. So theater, some theater guy. Yeah, some, some people who are theater people are like jumping and creaming their pants right now. Even he, though this isn't live. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a, no, they're listening to it right now at work like, oh, my cream. Um, cream. <laughs> that, by the way, is my favorite <laughs> fucking like euphemism for <laughs> orgasming. It's cream. Creaming yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. It's, I just cream up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so vivid. So much, so much, so um, fuck it. I don't care. I'm gonna say this on your podcast. Oh, do it. The last, the, the and I, I'm not gonna say when it was, but the last time I received oral sex, mm-hmm. I said, "I'm gonna cream." <laughs> and uh, she laughed, and I had to, <laughs> I had to just accept. If you can hear my laugh, it's because like I took a swig of coffee. You are laughing like it's not. It's not. You a, are laughing like a rabbit. Like it's a little not funny a rabbit. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it was a mouse doing a vocal exercise. I'm gonna cream. <laughs> and she laughed, and oh, good I God. accepted that I was gonna have to find a sock or something. Antonin Artaud wrote this book called Theater and the Plague. Right. This kind of goes back ah. to your what you were saying about the day where people just can do whatever they want. Day. Yeah. yeah. He says that human theater. Right? right in the which is the expression of self and emotion right. in a false context, if you will, that it's not really something you're doing; it's something that you're doing because you've been given permission through this structure to do it. Right? Human theater happens. I'm paraphrasing so much when the plague happens, when there is a plague, a famine, a war, a pestilence. Right. People start acting in a way. That they don't technically have to act. Right. And now it's something we see all the time in disaster movies. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh, the aliens bombed shit. Now this person's really selfish and going to hoard. And this person is you know, covetous of their goods and going to shoot anyone who comes at it. It's like you do not have to act that way. But you do because now you have been given permission by this event to act out these urges and these fantasies. Right. And that – so when – Humanity is at its most theatrical, if you will, when there is the plague. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean you're. That's another. I can't one. tell if you're mocking me. No, or... that one. That one. That one. You're right. Because because if there were no plague, people would just be people would just be normal. And a, another improv teacher. But what does that mean? I know. Yeah. Going yeah. Um Here's what I mean by normal. They would follow. Their prescribed routine every single day, yeah, because yeah. nothing has gone wrong. Right, right. There's a great, another great improv teacher named uh, Improv uh, Improv Jones. I was gonna say <laughs> Improv Jones. Improv Jones. You know Improv Jones. Good old Improv Jones. Yeah, improv Jones. <laughs> um, his name's Keith <laughs> Keith Johnstone, right? And um, he said that a story, what a story is, yeah. is routine interrupted. Yeah. Everybody has a routine that you're doing every single day. And when everything goes as planned, nothing interesting happens. Right. There is no story. You know, you're not going to be like, hey, how was your day? Well, everything went exactly how it was supposed to. Okay, well, I guess this conversation's over. But when, when we tell a story, it's because something we were doing got interrupted right. by something else. Right. right. Oh, I was waiting for the bus, right? Supposed to be here at this time. It was two hours late. Right. I was hot. 
sweaty, had to take off my shirt. Guy drives by, sees me with my shirt off, throws a banana at me, and he goes, fucking put your shirt on, you fucking monkey. Right? That's a story now. That happened to you? No, it's never happened oh. to me. Here's a, here's a weird... I want you to go outside, take your shirt off, and see how if that happens at all. See what, what Studio City's like. Definitely not. I just started, <laughs> I just started attending to it. Yeah. So... What he said is it's routine interrupted. You know what I mean? And he, 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 I remember my teacher, maybe, no, it was him. It was Keith Johnstone when I was, studied with him a little bit, said this, that he's like, because he doesn't even watch improv anymore. He hates most improv. Right. Because uh. he's like, he says it's nothing but something. It's like something, something, something. They're always throwing something at you. Right. There's right. no levels to it. Yeah. He says, I would like it if they started with nothing. He's like, you start with nothing, then a little bit more nothing, and then when something happens, it means something more right. than if it's just something, something, something. If you're always at that high level, you leave yourself nowhere to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the same with stories. And, of course, with Hollywood and blah, 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 everything gets more and more sensational. You know, the torture has to be realer. The explosions have to be bigger. The aliens have to be meaner and aliener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to have more appendages. But in, in a sense, that's what I'm saying. It's like normal is a subscribing to and following a routine Right. of very easy, accessible things to do every single day. And if you break out of that, or if something happens that breaks you out of that, right. then, if you will, your real self, some people say, because you say, what is it? Uh, necessity is a mother of invention. Right. Suddenly, it's necessary to be something else than what you were going to be for the rest of the day. You know what? No, no. What's else? No, I'm serious. That was serious. That was a serious one. And because all that, what that, what that all made me think too is like, if everyone was just like their like bizarre self, mm-hmm. that that would just become normal. That would just become normal. That would just become routine. That would be the routine. Yeah. Is is? Can I feel like we didn't Chappelle have a bit that was just like we should just say our racist thoughts out loud yeah, to each yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, and that becomes the routine. And that becomes yeah. the routine, yeah. and then we'd probably be more comfortable with each other. Yeah. That's why he loves San Francisco. <laughs> people just walk around wearing their crazy on their sleeve. Uh, That's why I like San Francisco. I prefer Oakland. Really, I haven't spent a lot of time in Oakland. Uh, I mean, I like San Francisco too. I'm, I, I, like I've been both once. Mm, okay, but um, uh, New Orleans. That's that's hey. Just real quick plug for the city of New Orleans. Go check it out. If you have an inner weird, that's a great city to let it out in. Well, my, my, one of my closest friends just moved there, so it gives me a good excuse to Really? Go. Yeah. Let's go. Right now. Let's Fuck do it. that. Let's do that shit. You want to go and do a show? Let's go to New Orleans right let's now. Let's oh, do a wanna, show. Yeah, we're going to do a show. Yeah, definitely. You organize it? You got, yeah. You got people there. Got people there. We'll organize it. We'll do yeah. a thing. We're we'll, coming. Hey, New Orleans, Louisiana, if you're listening, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming for you. Yeah. Um, any final things to say, Mr. Patton, about any last comments or processing? Of everything we have said today, again. no, no, I'm glad we talked this out because now I, I now I, now I know. As soon as I stand up, I'm gonna take my pants off, <laughs> and just gonna go be me, you know. All right, but that's only because these are uncomfortable. It's hot outside. I got shorts on under this, not because I'm crazy, and I'm not, or am I? I'm not. But what does that even mean? Exactly. Just be good, good person. <laughs> you like watching what happens to me when you when you both are quiet. <laughs> This is this is what happens when no one talks and I'm the only one left talking. Like, right? It's normal. Everything's fine. No, I'm, I'm waiting for <laughs> you to say something that I can later go out on. Oh, here we go. Uh, no, no. I think all of that was great. Just be you. <laughs> Everyone, just be you. But figure out what the fuck you is. No, don't even, don't waste your time. Just be you. It let, let you figure yourself out without doing it yourself. Okay, just don't hurt me in the process. D- no, don't hurt anyone. No, uh, me. 
Don't hurt me. Okay, don't hurt Baron Vaughn in the process. Yeah, anybody <laughs> else gets hurt. Uh, it's not my problem. Right, right. But <laughs> not Baron Vaughn. Right. And uh, if, if you need Baron Vaughn, uh, email me. I'll give you his phone number. Who are you trying to get crazy with, S.A.? Don't you know I'm loco? Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the membrane, insane in the brain. And that was Sean Patton. And uh, enlivening, enlivening, God damn it, I use that word too much. Um, an invigorating uh, conversation filled with exuberance and querulousness. No, gregariousness. What the dick? Anyway, that was a talk with Sean Patton. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it, and I assume that you did, because you got to the point where you're listening to me say this. So that means that you didn't hit stop. While you were listening, and now we're here together again while I say, hey, thanks for listening to that. And you know what? You can hit stop at any point right now. Don't hit it right now. Um, again, uh, this was Deep Shit, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of All Things Comedy. Check those mofos out. Peace. Yeah.